0: A Genetic Testing Model to Help People Fight Illness and Mental Conditions with Dr. Jay Dunn, Episode 131 on Alternative Health Tools Podcast, where together we discover and share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative health care practitioners and experts.
1: Hi, this is Kim Shea, your host for this episode of Alternative Health Tools, coming to you from this side of the pond here in Southern California. And today I have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Jay Dunn. She's a practicing natural medicine practitioner and has been for over 30 years. She's a chiropractic physician, she's certified in functional medicine, and she's internationally known for her lecturing on genetics and nutrition. And she's been teaching physicians around the world on how to use genetic information to get to the underlying causes of disease and what's really interesting is her drive to understand uh, the true causes of um, depression anxiety and attention issues have helped her to create a program and she's got a tool that can help people who are struggling with mental health to learn about their their genes and how that's affecting them through a tool called My Happy Genes. She's also, as if that isn't amazing enough, she's also an author of books called Holistic Kinesiology and Perfect Health in Paradise, and they're all available on Amazon, and we will have all of her links available to you in the show notes so that you can get more information from her, but I'm really excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Dr. Jay Dunn.
0: Wow, thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate you inviting me on your show.
1: Well, really happy to talk to you today. So tell me about your background. Well,
0: I you know I think a lot of he- natural healthcare practitioners, or maybe all healthcare <laughs> practitioners, sort of start their journey with their own you know challenges, yes. healthcare challenges, and and I'm no exception. I kind of I, I was raised in the medical model, but when I had a pretty serious situation that that kept ongoing and I couldn't get any answers from the traditional medical model, I turned to alternative medicine, and um, you know I, it was interesting because I was suffering from migraines and. Nausea and fatigue and aches and pains and I thought they would have the answers. I would just go and you know you do the blood test or whatever it was. and They would give you here this thing. here's the answer. Here's what you do. And they were like you know your blood works fine. You're you're fine. Here's a prescription for headaches. And I was just like you know it feels like you're covering something up. There's some, you know it doesn't it's not an aspirin deficiency. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so I kept looking and I had never been exposed to natural medicine and so I thought well maybe eating McDonald's hamburgers and french fries isn't the best diet maybe I should change my diet you know and so I did I I started eating better and it actually made me worse you know I ate raw vegetables and all the things they tell you to eat and it got worse and I was like I, I don't understand this and um I was working in a bookstore at the time because my background was books and I'd take home all these natural medicine books and I was devouring them at night and I'd bring them back and put them back on the shelf in the morning. And uh, You know, it was like confusing because you'd read one book that said this is the best diet and you'd read another book that says this, this is the best diet, but they are complete opposites. And well, that didn't work. And so I went to the health food store and I thought, well, maybe I just need to take some supplements. And I went and I didn't, it was confusing to me. If you've, if you've never been exposed to natural medicine and you walk into a health food store, it's like, oh my gosh, what? how do you start? What, what supplements do you take? I mean, there's 20 brands of vitamin C. There's, you know, it's confusing. And um, there was a lady in there and she said, uh, you know, I went up and asked her, you know, what should I take? And she says, well, what's going on? And I said, you know, migraines and nausea and fatigue. And she said, oh, but she said, have you ever tried chiropractic? And I was like, no, I really didn't know anything about it. What does that have to do with nausea and fatigue and headaches? And she said, well, you'd be surprised what chiropractors can do. And so I went to a chiropractor and I got adjusted and it didn't, I didn't do anything. It didn't feel any different. So I was like, okay, check that off. But I had a roommate, I had a friend who was like a part time roommate of of another friend of mine. He said, you know, I go to this chiropractor and he does something a little different. He does uh, kinesiology. Are
1: you familiar? No, I'd love an explanation. Thanks.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, It's muscle testing. It's a sort of a diagnostic tool. It kind of is a way of talking to the body through the nervous system, through uh, muscle responses. And so I went to him and I, and within 10 minutes, he told me exactly why I was feeling the way I was feeling and why I felt worse when I ate, you know, the healthy, all the raw vegetables and stuff. And he said, no, you get raw vegetables are out for you. You need cooked vegetables. Definitely stay away from the junk food and and like that and kind of modified my diet and then he he gave me some supplements within within a week i felt like a whole new human being and i was i was stunned like how could this guy who's pushing on my arm give me information about my body that nobody else had ever been able to give me and it it was like i gotta know what that was that was weird that was the weirdest thing i've ever seen so i started looking into it what is kinesiology how does it work how does Uh, how is that giving me feedback about my body? How, you know, what it is. And so I started taking classes, everything I could get my hands on that had to do with kinesiology. I wanted to know became uh, certified uh, in 1988 and uh, started practicing and I was getting incredible results using the technique that I learned. And, uh, but I didn't know anything about the body. I'm pushing on arms and testing people and they're getting well. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And I got the bug. It's like, this is what I want to do. I want to explore the human body for the rest of my life. I want to find out, well, like, you know, what makes it work and what's really at the core of of why we get uh, disease and why we get sick.
1: So I want to ask you a couple of questions. I'm always going to be taking notes and I'll ask you questions because I want to make sure I really understand it. You can assume I know nothing. That's a good way to go about it and we may have listeners who are like me and don't know anything. So so with the kinesiology, so you're pushing on people's muscles is that how you're getting the feedback or are using some type of device? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, you're like you have your arm out and somebody's pushing on it and if it goes weak, whatever it is that you're asking about is bad for you and if it stays strong, it's good for you. So your body will give you like a yes, no answer. Uh, so you can put a food on you and if it goes weak, you know, you know, not your best food, it's weakening to you. And if you, if it goes strong, then, you know, in the simplest terms, if it goes strong, then, you know, it's good for you. So it's, it's a binary system. I like see. Yes, no.
1: Okay. And so then with the raw foods, is that for everybody or that's for you?
0: No, that's just for, for me. You. Cause a lot okay. of people feel great on okay. raw foods. Uh, for me, it's, it's not a good, I can't do very much of it cause it makes me kind of sick. I
1: see. So, okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Um,
1: so where did you go from there?
0: So from there, I decided I wanted to be a chiropractor. You know, I, want, I thought, I want to go into natural healing. I, I want to be a doctor. I don't know. You know, I wanted to be kind of a naturopath, but I lived in New Mexico, and they aren't licensed in New Mexico. So I chose chiropractic because my mentor was a chiropractor also, and, you know, he is kind of pushing me, you know, go. And I was a single mom. I had like $1,000 in my pocket and left for Iowa from New Mexico with everything I own <laughs> in my car driving to New Mexico (laughs) and and, uh, did chiropractic school. It's I had to do two years of undergraduate and then four years of of school, but they cram it into like, you know, a shorter amount of time, but it was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I did it. And then when I got out of school, I started practicing right away, went back to the chiropractor that's kind of started me on this road. And he, he gave me a job like right away. And I started working, doing the kinesiology Along with the chiropractic, and then I added in emotional work and studied functional medicine. It, you know, again, you know, just everything I could get my hands on to learn about the body. I was on a mission.
1: That's that's amazing how you're so holistic about everything. And uh, can you explain functional medicine? Yes.
0: So the difference between functional medicine and allopathic medicine, or what we think of as uh, modern medicine. Uh with functional medicine, we look at causes. So let's say you come in and you have arthritis. The allopathic world will say, Here, take this prescription for a painkiller or an anti-inflammatory, right? If you go to a functional medicine doctor, they'll go, let's find out what's causing that. Is it an underlying is it something you're eating? Is it an underlying infection? Is it you know an immune system response? Is it toxicities? So they look at more, you know, kind of underlying causes.
1: Okay. All right. So again, that's all just more holistic here where you're trying really to get to the root causes of everything. It sounds like.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Very much.
1: Okay. Go ahead.
0: So then I had a great practice, 30, 32 years of doing that, you know, all the different modalities that I had learned, whether, you know, I, I'm an herbal master, I do EFT, I do, you know, again, functional medicine, chiropractic, all kinds of body work. Um, but I still had patients that didn't get well. And so, so it's, it started to dawn on me that there was something missing with that, this whole model. And it, again, very successful. I had a year waiting list of people coming in to see me. Um, but you know, it's the people that we can't fix that keep us up at night, Mm. you know, thinking there's something I'm missing. I know there's something missing here. And I started thinking about a couple of other things. One is my own health at this point in my career. You'd think I'd have it all figured out, but I didn't, I had a lifelong depression but I couldn't seem to get on top of no matter, you know, all the tools in my bag, all the things I knew didn't budget. You know, it was always something I had to work on. I was constantly depressed. And um, chronic fatigue syndrome was still there for me. If I let up, you know, with the herbal medicine or the things that, that helped me, it would come right back. And the, the other thing is again, you know, the patients I couldn't get well. And the third thing was my father. He, he died in 1980. He was 55 years old got lung cancer and no big surprise there. He kind of did everything he could to get lung cancer and it worked. His best friend did the same thing, smoking, drinking, not exercising, not eating vegetables, nothing healthy. And he lived another 30 years. He married my mother after my dad died. Wow. It
1: was like, I didn't watch this. How interesting.
0: Yeah. And I started to go, that has to be genetics, right? When we look at, okay, you're doing the same Mm -hmm. things. How did you live another 30 years when my dad died at 55? That's crazy. It's only genetics. And so, and I think for years we've thought, eh, you know, that's just genetics. Some people can eat anything they want, never gain a pound. Other people look at food and they gain weight. Um, some people are, you know, really sensitive to toxins and chemicals and other people pff, doesn't bother them. So we, you know, we've kind of said, Oh, that's just genetics. And we've kind of parked it over on the side. Well, I started to go, let's, let's dig in there and see if there's something that we can use. Um, I um, I started to to look into it and started studying it, and I got my genes tested. I got my uh, genetic test through 23andMe, and I, um, then I found this other site where you can plug in your raw data from 23andMe. 23andMe is a genetic testing, but you're probably familiar with it. Yes,
1: possible. yes, definitely. But, yeah.
0: There's ancestry sort of in the same line of, of testing, and they're looking at your ancestry, you know, where'd you come from and all that. But uh, behind the scenes, you can get your raw data, which is, you know, a bunch of numbers. Uh, when the genome project was finished, they gave each gene a, a particular ID number. And so it's it's got all this gobbledygook number stuff in your raw data. You have to dig for it a little bit under 23andMe and Ancestry, but you can get it. And then you put that data through other websites and it pulls out certain genes that, you know, we can know something about. And one of them was for me, was the vitamin D receptor, and it's called the VDR. And I, I have what's called a homozygous variant there. And what that means is, you know, you get one gene from your mom, one gene from your dad, right? That's what makes up you. So in the vitamin D receptor, I got one gene from mom, one gene from dad. These genes had a slight variation from the normal code. So they're what we call a single nucleotide, single nucleotide polymorphism. It's a slight change in your DNA code. that then, so Here's your DNA, and it's saying, make this enzyme. This enzyme is the vitamin D receptor. And so I've got the wrong code for it. Ah. So it makes sense that I can't – it doesn't work well. you okay. know. So it's like trying to make meatloaf, but you have a recipe for chocolate cake.
1: <laughs> okay. It's not good. Okay. That's wow. Fascinating. Yeah. So now – it,
0: it answered a lot of questions for me because my vitamin D levels had always been really low whenever i got my blood work done they were always about 18 and normal is about 60 that's where we want it to be and it, i could never get it higher no matter how much vitamin D i took it wouldn't budge and that confused me i was like how does that work once i realized though that i had inherited a genetic variant in my ability to absorb vitamin D or you know the receptor doesn't work i went oh That answers some questions. And so I Googled it. And you can Google this. This is pretty interesting. You can Google VDR, vitamin D receptor. There are so many studies showing you what happens to a person who has, what are the risks when you have inherited a genetic variant in the vitamin D receptor? So vitamin D, we know how important that is for the immune system for bone health, for absorbing minerals, for, you know, lots of things that vitamin D we know is good for. Well, I, mine doesn't work. I can't get vitamin D in there, no matter how much I tried. And you can tell I'm a sun lover, you know, I'm out in the sun a lot. And I don't shy away from that, but still my vitamin D levels don't budge. And so I Googled it and I found a study that said, uh, genetic variants in the vitamin D receptor make you susceptible to lung cancer when you smoke.
1: Wow. And I went, oh my gosh,
0: (laughs) there it is. And the really interesting thing is I began to understand the nature of the vitamin D receptor. It's part of its function is to upregulate the production of dopamine and serotonin in the brain. It helps your body make those two neurotransmitters. And those are our happy hormones, right? So I started going, well, how do we fix this? Is there something you can do? Or is this just like, sorry, sucks to be you?
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: And I found some really interesting information. And what I found was um, that vitamin D receptor requires cofactors. In other words, um, nutrients that help it work better. So one of them is vitamin K2 and the other one is vitamin A. So think of it this way. Here's my vitamin D receptor. Here comes vitamin D. It's trying to get in there and it can't. You add vitamin K and A here. Bam! It pops open the receptor. Vitamin D can. Hook.
1: Oh boy! And then
0: when I did that, when I when I realized this is working, it um, my vitamin D levels went up really quickly on my blood work, and my brain went like that, and I was happy. That is
1: mind blowing.
0: It was incredible, and Kim, it was like I it was the first time I'd ever felt happy. Oh, you know, I'd, I'd heard about
1: it. Oh gosh. That's so sad. <laughs> you
0: no, know, well, I know it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know. It was like, I think this is happiness.
1: <laughs> Jeez. How old were you when that happened?
0: 40, 50. Wasn't that long ago? 53. It Oh my it was
1: about seven gosh. Years
0: ago. First time in my life I went, I think this is what they've been talking
1: about. Oh, nice me. to finally get to experience it. And, yeah. and you unlocked the key.
0: Right. And so like my, my set point was down here my entire life. So I always had to try to like, okay, I'm going to go listen to Wayne Dyer. I'm going to listen to something. And you come up here for a minute, boom, you're down here. But now my set points up here, it just stays there. And I don't have to like work at it anymore. It just stays right there. It's a whole different world. It's a very different world for me. I mean, I have my ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a robot, but my, my, my natural set point is up here now. And I thought, wow, if it works for that, what about other genetic variants? What's happening? What's happening in the genome? Can I work with these genes? And sure enough, I started, and especially in the brain chemistry area, because it was close to my heart and so many of my patients. And as I started to work with their genes and understand how to get the right cofactors in there uh, to open up their receptors and... Get them making neurotransmitters quick uh, correctly. It was fast. Uh, it was like within a week, people felt different. Anxiety would go down, or depression would go away, or ADD would change. It and grouchy people became mellow. It was like, oh my gosh,
1: this is <laughs> this, this is like, incredible.
0: It it was amazing. I was stunned because it changed everything I did in my practice. You know before. I would have given somebody like 5-HGP or, you know, some kind of nutrient to try to get their, you know, brain, get them a happy, mm-hmm. happy hormone or whatever. It, it never really worked. Not like it, like, not like this works, you know, by understanding what's happening in the body. So there are a couple of other genes since we're kind of like in the mental health realm. You know, one of them is called the COMT the C-O-M-T, and that's the catechol-O-methyltransferase. And its job is to break down stress hormones. So it breaks down adrenaline, noradrenaline, and dopamine. And so if you're born with a genetic variant in the COMPT gene, it means you don't make that enzyme correctly and you can't break down your stress hormones. So you can imagine what happens.
1: So it just builds up in you and you get problems from that, sickness. Yeah.
0: This person is anxious. They're hyperactive. They're ADD. They're usually very bright. You probably know some of these people. They're usually really smart. Mm -hmm creative, fun, interesting, but they can't shut it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they just go, go, go. Yeah,
1: I've got Talk somebody mind. <laughs> in, my, in mind already. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: But they're, they're you know, they're prone to ADD and anxiety and sleep issues. You can imagine why. It just makes sense, yeah.
1: right? Yeah, they can't so, shut um,
0: off. Right. So we work with the cofactors that make that enzyme work. And it breaks down their stress hormones. And then they're calm. Same thing, Kim. They like, they'll say, wow, this is calm?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard about it. I <laughs> can't even imagine what a revelation this is for your patients to all of a sudden, something they may have been struggling with, I'm guessing, for decades. And you can fix it so quickly.
0: Yeah. And these people, you know, they all ask them, do you do you feel like you're an anxious person? And they're like, no, I you know, I meditate and I do breathing and I do affirmations and I have to take a bunch of stuff to sleep. And, you know, they're, they've compensated for their genetics and they don't think there's a problem. But then when you get this enzyme balanced, they go, oh, wow. <laughs> That's again, same thing. They had never felt calm, like really calm. And then there's another one called the MAO gene, it's the monoamine oxidase one. And this one is the warrior gene. Uh, so, its job is to break down serotonin. So if you can't break serotonin down, a lot of people think, "Oh, the more serotonin the better." Well, it's not it's not very good. It's actually too much serotonin can make you very irritable and aggressive and uh, have attention issues also. So these people are, yeah, the grouchy grouches, you know. I know
1: some of those. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you can be a combination of these too. Mm-hmm. You could be like if you put, you know, the grouchy grouch and the comp gene together. Now this is an anxious person who's irritable. And that's OCD. That's a total, like, don't touch my stuff. I want it here like this. Don't
1: Mm -hmm. mess. This is fascinating. Um, Really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I could see why you were on the path because once you started uncovering things, you're, you've opened such a wonderful box of treasure here. Wow. Yeah.
0: And it was, it was, it works. It, It was just stunning to me. And so, like the MAO, this is the warrior gene. And just to clarify, these genes aren't mistakes. They're not mutations. They are inherited variations. So they make you who you are. You know, some combination of those things makes you unique. But some of them are really uncomfortable, especially, you know, any of them to the extreme, you know, are, are uncomfortable. The anxiety, the depression, irritability, the OCD, those, those are not fun. And they interfere with human connection, you know, <laughs> and there are other things that modify it, but that, but they are variations. And so, you know, if you have the MAO gene, your ancestors likely won the battles, you know, like, so.
1: Ah, okay. So it That's had a benefit. It had a benefit at some point in time. So from an evolutionary point of view, it makes sense why it would have continued. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the same with the COMT gene, it makes people like, they're the scouts. They're the ones that are hyper aware of anything and everything that's going on around them. You know, they're going to be the first to call off the alarm, to call out the alarm. So, you know, if you look at them that way, not as mistakes or mutations, but we can work with them. And and I have the MAO gene. I've got, um, my great, great, great grandfather was William the Conqueror. Sorry. Wow. (laughs) Sorry yeah so and i'm not alone there are a lot of people that are actually related to william the conqueror my uh my brother does genealogy and he was like oh look at that
1: how interesting and I was
0: like, oh, no wonder no wonder we have the mao yeah and i can get grouchy and i don't like it and so um p5p uh, the active form of b6 helps that enzyme work better that's the cofactor for that enzyme and so when i take that it just whew, the irritability goes away so it makes my life a lot better and you know, the positive aspect of the MAO is that you have good boundaries. You know, you're able to say, no, I'm, I'm, I can't do that, versus, no, why did you ask me? You know, so it like, kind of gives you, you know, that a solid groundedness without having to escalate to anger. So um, I, it made me look at people in a very different way, and it gave me a lot of compassion. And, in fact, I'm writing a book called Genetic Compassion. This is the next book. Because I started to look at people and I, you know, somebody would come in and they'd be all grouchy at me and I'd say to myself, well, look at that. There's an MAO.
1: (laughs) You just know know off the bat. Okay.
0: Yeah. I can really spot them. So, and then there are things like oxytocin, which is our love hormone. It's how we bond to people. And so I was watching a show actually really early this morning and it was on evolution on how homo sapiens and, Neanderthal. Um, why did the Neanderthal die off and Homo sapiens survived? It's kind of interesting because the uh, Neanderthals are bigger, they're stronger, and they're supposedly smarter. Their brains are bigger. But the one thing that they were missing was oxytocin. And they don't, they didn't bond, you know, with, they didn't create a community of people. The uh, Neanderthal were very independent. They went, liked to hunt alone or maybe in one or two people or, you know, they, they had small groups. Homo sapiens started building communities and they started building on each other's knowledge. And you can see, you could see the progression of, you know, the, the tools, the kind of tools that Neanderthals used were very primitive and they stayed very primitive. They didn't progress, but you look at Homo sapiens, their tools got, got finer and more efficient and, you know, you could see why they won. It wasn't because they were stronger. They were actually smaller, smaller brains, but it was the oxytocin that bound people together into communities. And that's, that's a really interesting concept. Very important for today. When we look at how we're going to save our world, we have to, we have to group together. We can't do it one-on-one. We need to work with each other's knowledge and and combine that knowledge. And that's, uh, it's really interesting to see the oxytocin gene when we do the reports. So we I got a lab. I decided I want my own uh, DNA kit and my own lab, and so we're doing my Happy Genes DNA testing, and it's uh, seven hundred thousand SNPs we're looking at versus um, forty thousand that Twenty Three andme looks at. So it's oh,
1: that's uh, quite a difference.
0: Yeah, it's a lot, and so but we're looking at specific genes and specific enzymes like the ones I'm telling you about that are that we can understand. How does it work? How does it affect our chemistry, our biochemistry? How does it affect our brain and mood, which I'm really interested in? And um, how do we work with it? Can we use certain nutrients to, to modify the expression of those genes? And your genes aren't ever going to change. You're, you're done. That's, that's your code. But the expression of those genes, that's what we call epigenetics. It's, um, so that can change. That can change all the time. According to what you eat, what you think you know, what you are exposed to. Lots of things in your environment are going to change the expression of your genes so that you can adapt. That's the good news is you can adapt to your environment. But so we get the report back. And so I look at that oxytocin receptor gene a lot to see how, how much empathy is this person going to have? In addition to, so imagine the MAO compt person that I told you about that's OCD, grouchy, don't touch my stuff. Things have to be in order with no oxytocin. That's kind of scary. That's a scary person. And that's where we get sort of a psychopathic behavior because they don't bond. They don't feel empathy. They don't, they don't feel any repercussions from hurting somebody. Uh, so, you know, they, you know, when they interviewed psychopaths, they found that they just had no, uh, no um, sorrow for it, no guilt, no, you know, no empathy for the, their victims, And that's oxytocin. That's lack of oxytocin. So it's uh, oxytocin that keeps us together and and binds us and creates a a community of people that work together toward a common goal. So it's fascinating. Can that
1: be, I mean, so you're you're talking about an extreme case where somebody can really hurt other people. But I I know some people, and I'm wondering if I often refer to them as being Spock-like people (laughs) from Star Trek, (laughs) where it's like you have to explain this is the way other humans do things. Yes. Are you? You know, uh, you're yes. new here. This is how it goes. So would would that be that kind of thing too, or maybe just to a lesser degree? But they just don't 100%. understand. They have a hard time relating to what other people are feeling.
0: Yes, I have one of those in my life. Yeah, it's it's difficult because I'm I'm trying not to be judgy, but it's like, do you not feel anything from that? Yeah, <laughs> and they're like,
1: well, I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> about. Yeah, but it sounds like you have an understanding now, and now I do too, thanks to talking to you. Where this yeah. might be coming yeah. from and you can right. help them. Yes, okay. instead
0: of saying "dear god," you
1: know? <laughs> I can't help work you. Yeah, but you can help people. Yeah.
0: yeah, and you can. And you can increase uh, oxytocin levels, you can increase, you know, the empathy and you, there's a lot you can do to work with it. So, so what we're doing with the the results of the genetic information is we're designing a nutritional program around your genes. That's optimizing your physiology. It keeps you from it can reduce your risk of getting the diseases that may be in your genome. So, you know, you might have a gene that makes you live past 30 by, whatever, optimizing life until you're 30, but then you're more susceptible to heart disease down the line or cancer or arthritis or autoimmune or things like that. So we can actually optimize your genes and get them upregulated, give you nutrients that kind of make up for the fact that you have a genetic variant in a particular enzyme and optimize your health. And it's been stunning. I'm I'm seeing a reversal of all kinds of things that I never thought was possible. All kinds of autoimmune conditions, I'm seeing them uh, reverse. Rheumatoid arthritis, I have a really great uh, story about that. I had a a patient who was on four medications. She was doing Enbrel, which is a shot that is is supposed to modify the immune system, essentially, and three other medications, anti-inflammatories, et cetera. And now it's been two, probably two and a half years now. She's off all medications and she's only on supplements and has had no flare up of rheumatoid arthritis and the markers are perfect in her blood. And the doctors are saying, well, come back when it comes back. And we know it will. And it's like, it's not, <laughs> it's not coming back. And, as long as we keep her, her, her nutrients dialed in for her genes to keep that autoimmune condition from expressing. And so it's a very different paradigm shift. And it's a really hard one for people to understand or get their heads around because it's, it's completely opposite of medicine where we go, oh, well, the only option is that's an autoimmune disease. It's sorry it happened to you. But the only thing we have for you is medication. And it's just not, it's not the case. so. So anyway, I I I teach around the world a a class called holistic methylation, and it's it's an it involves the kinesiology. Coming back to the whole kinesiology thing, but there are a lot of people that don't understand kinesiology, don't um, have access to it, you know, or or for whatever reason don't don't really want to be involved in it that way. And so I decided to create a a software. You know, that's why we did our own lab, and I created a software program, a software algorithm that actually looks at, do you have the comp gene? Do you have the MAO? Do you have the VDR? And then it, not just those, but a whole bunch of others. And then it designs a diet for you and a nutritional program around your genetics. So uh, it's pretty cool. It'll tell you your best diet is low carb or high protein or, or vice versa. It can, you know, it's interesting because my I always thought I should do low carb, high protein. And that's kind of where I, mostly concentrated but it turns out I had it backwards I should be higher complex carbs and lower protein for my gene- my genes you know I do better at that and sure enough when I started and I changed my diet I felt much better and so it's individual you know we there's so many books out there on diet and all of that so it's hard to know what's right and there's no one, you know, there's no one right diet for everybody. It's, it's so, just so individual. What's right for you is not going to be right for other people. Uh, And it'll tell you, you know, do you do better on fermented foods or not, or intermittent uh, fasting or not, or, you know, it tells you like all kinds of things about you so that you can dial in your genetics around your diet and lifestyle and get, you know, You'll feel much better just doing that, and then the basic nutrients that you are going to need more of because you inherited a genetic variant that requires more of that cofactor that we talk about. So um, it's fascinating. It's called My Happy Genes.
1: Okay, so um, with the supplements, are they pills that somebody goes to the nutrition store to pick up, or are they some? Because you, you mentioned something I think you you use like PFP five or something like that. I mean, I, I've never seen that at a store. So. Where do they get those things?
0: Well, that's a really good question. And I struggled with this because, you know, we're messing with brain chemistry. And I, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are on SSRIs or other um, antidepressants or and anxiolytics or whatever. And I didn't think it was a safe thing to do to just let people play with their brain chemistry when they don't know what they're doing. So what we did was we, we released to the general public. The genetic information. There's a lot of information there. It's really fascinating. And then uh, the diet and lifestyle. I feel like that's pretty safe. You can't really get hurt there. But the supplementation is only available through a practitioner who's been trained so that they can monitor you and make sure that you don't, you know, because if you're on an SSRI and you start increasing your serotonin levels, it's a bad situation. It can really, it's not good. So I thought, in the interest of safety of, of people that we should do that. And these are doctor lines. The supplements that we're recommending are only available to physicians. They are very powerful and very effective. So um, that's the answer to that. I know that's not a great answer. Some people are like, you know, I just, I just want to get it and I want to get started. Yeah, I know. And
1: how I know. I get Where do I sign up? Well, so, yeah. so um, I mean, I'm trying to picture if I go to my regular doctor and I say, this is what I need. He's going to say, I don't think so, but we can up your Prozac if you'd like. So, I'm assuming this is a specialized type of doctor that somebody would need to find,
0: right? And we have doctors all over the United States. I have close close to 500 of them so far. Some in Canada, Australia, Hawaii. Don't have any in Europe yet. I don't think. I'll have to think about that. But there there are people there are people out there that we can refer you to. Plus. If you have a doctor who's open to it, they can sign up and become a practitioner and um, get an account with us and 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 help people through that. So that's what I'm hoping is that we get more and more doctors. And you know, a lot of uh, a lot of allopathic doctors or mainstream doctors want to do integrative medicine. They want to get in there, but they don't know how, and they don't understand, they don't have the time. To really jump in and study to understand what they're doing, but I think they're open to it. And so I'd like to see more of those in here, you know, because there's real science behind it. Everything I say is documented and has a peer reviewed study behind it. There's nothing in here that isn't backed up by a good study that comes from uh, what we call PubMed or the National Institute of Health. It's all verifiable. Everything I say, uh, there's nothing off the cuff here at all. Okay.
1: That's really cool because I, I have a son who's training to be a physician's assistant right now. He's in school for it. And whenever I talk to him about stuff, that's the first thing he wants to know is, you know, where, where's the peer reviewed information to support this because otherwise he he dismisses it. So um, this is really very interesting. And then, so now of course a lot of us are in lockdown we can't really get out to see people and and I don't actually even know where you are but can people get get started on this program even though they're not in your city?
0: Yes, absolutely. You can just go on um, myhappygenes.com and if you've already got 23andme or ancestry data, if you've done that, you can you can get the data from them and upload it into our our algorithm we're missing about half the data though. You know, when I said I had 700,000 yeah. genes that we're looking and they're looking at 40,000. Yeah, so. so
1: I'm thinking they're going to be missing yeah. some of the key things that you want to see to be able to help somebody.
0: Right. So we're working out the the kinks on the DNA testing and it will be, it it, it was supposed to be here today. You know, it's like, it's it, uh, very soon, like in the next day or so uh, it will be on our website and you just click a link and it'll take you right to where to buy the DNA kit. Okay. So you, Yeah. The DNA kit comes to your house and you do a swab. You know, it's just a cheek swab. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you send it, it's got a self-addressed envelope. Boom. It goes back to our lab and it's very private. It's only tracked by a, a barcode, not your name. So they never have your name. They don't keep your data. And that's part of the problem with 23andMe and Ancestry is they sell your data and they're, you know, you agree to it when you say, yeah, I agree to the terms and conditions Uh, You might want to read the fine print if you're concerned about that, because they have sold the data to uh, pharmaceutical companies and they're, you know, they're doing research and they want to sell that research. That's basically why they do this. And so if you're okay with that, great. But I know a lot of people who are not okay with that. And that's another reason why we went to a private lab, because I didn't I didn't want to do that. They destroy your data uh, 30 days after they get it they'll they'll destroy your sample. And then um, on our site, as soon as you run your report, you can delete all of the data off of our site. And we will never ever uh, sell your data. And you can put any name you want in there, which is really cool. It's like, okay, you, you upload that data and we can put Mickey Mouse in there, you know, and whatever name you want to put, you don't have to reveal who you are. So.
1: That's nice. Yeah, I know a lot of people are especially there's a heightened awareness of security and things like that now. So, and people's private data. So, well, this sounds pretty simple then and it just gets going, but then it did take some effort on the other person's part. So on your patient's part. So it's not just a matter of here you go. It sounds like they have to be committed to, to making some changes. And there may be some lifestyle changes involved. Okay.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because um, once you start eating the right way and taking the right supplements you never want to stop it's like you feel so different I know I never will I don't want to go back to where I was you know and it, it takes a handful of supplements to keep me in a place that's up here it, good energy happy feeling good sleeping good aging well you know I'm 60 I've been 60 this year and it's like oh, I don't want to go to that old age oh well,
1: you don't You don't look like it. I wouldn't have guessed that's how old you were. So it's obviously working for you. How about um, exercise? Is that?
0: Yeah, well, uh, it's a good question. We didn't, we don't analyze the exercise. There are lots of other uh, companies out there that do the exercise thing. Uh, And maybe in the future we will, but it's interesting because, you know, a lot of my patients would talk to me about, you know, I just, I don't feel good when I exercise. I get tired or. You know, it just wears me out and uh, I have low tolerance for exercise. And as we get them on these programs, we're actually building up mitochondria, which is your basic uh, energy production piece of your cells. And it it builds up the mitochondria and then you suddenly feel like exercising. And here's the cool thing, Kim. You know how like a lot of doctors talk to you about here. You should eat right. You know, quit eating, the, quit drinking the Cokes and quit eating sugar and quit you know the fats or whatever, but you can't. You know there's like this, like oh, but I crave them. Yeah. When you get the right nutrients and you get the right brain chemistry, those cravings go away, and you can eat right. I think we had it backwards. I people don't believe me, but I talk to them about it all the time. Like, start first by getting your brain chemistry fixed, and then eating right is easy. Exercising is easy. So we we've had it backwards. We've been trying to force people to overcome willpower. When their brain chemistry is like really a mess, and it's very difficult. And here's a, here's a really cool thing is we've seen uh, methamphetamine addicts and heroin addicts completely lose their cravings. And it's stunning, it was stunning to me. The first one I had uh, a woman bring her niece in who was a meth addict, and she had two little children that she would routinely kind of leave at home and abandon, and they'd call their aunt and say, "Mom's not showing up again. Can you come and get us?" And so she brought her in and this woman is not, a, she's not a stupid person. She's not a mean person. She's not an unloving, she loves her children, but she can't fight mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. she can't fight the cravings. And uh, she's like, please help me. And it's like, yeah, okay, let's try. I didn't know. This is in the beginning when I first started working with this genetic information. And we started, I put her on a, a program and um, she, a week later, she said, I don't have any cravings. Oh my
1: gosh. There's
0: no cravings here. And I thought, well, okay, you know, we all know addicts that go, Yay, you know, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna turn over I'm gonna do well, I watched her for a year, nothing. She got her kids back, she got a job, she got a house, she got her life back, and then she stopped taking her supplements and she went right back to methamphetamines. And her family called me up and said, Don't ever let her run out. We will pay, you know, keep supplements coming on a regular basis to her. And to this day, it's been, I'd say, six, seven years. She's fine. That's quite
1: a testament.
0: Yeah, I watch her on Facebook, and she's, like, posting her and her kids and all these positive things. And that's a hard one. That is a hard drug to give up. And I've seen the same thing with uh, heroin. I had a heroin addict down here. I live in the Keys. We're in the Florida Keys. Okay. And um, he's 20 years using heroin and in and out of rehab, in and out of jail. And it's been two years now and no cravings and he's, he's fine. So it's stunning to me. That's
1: like, this should be news. You have the power to change the world. So it's, it's really amazing.
0: Yeah. We need studies. We need, uh, you know, I need to raise money for, we're going to do a crowdfunding. I need to raise money to, to do these kind of studies and work with, you know, the uh, proving, proving my point because these are anecdotal and it's like, yeah, yeah. But we know, I know why now, because I know you, if you flood the brain with dopamine, then the cravings go away. It's often a low dopamine state that keeps them craving.
1: sounds like basic science here. So. It is,
0: it is. It's very common sense and basic, but knowing how the body works is the key.
1: Well, I can't thank you enough for your time. I think this is just really exciting and I'm excited to get this out. And by the time this actually airs, a year you you'll be all set when you're talking about things will be ready tomorrow. It, this will be, this will already be out there so people can start coming to your website and checking it out.
0: Fantastic. We'll have practitioners on there too. I'll have a list okay. of practitioners all around the country. Excellent. And uh, yeah. And, and then again, the the DNA kit will be there.
1: So. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Jay Dunn for joining us. I really, you're I really welcome. appreciate it. And I just want to thank all of you who listened here today. And uh, I hope that you got a lot out of it. I know I certainly did. And you can catch this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Please come by to alternativehealthtools.com and leave us a message or some feedback and just say hi. And then go visit Dr. Jay Dunn on her website and check out my happy genes and see about yourself. See if there's somebody you can help that or, or just yourself. It'd be great. So thank you for your time. Fantastic. Thank you, right. Kim. I appreciate thank it. you. Bye. Produced by Heard Not Seen Media. Visit imaginepodcasting.com for more information.